For those of you that have already heard the sermon, the podcast begins at about 13 minutes and 30 seconds. Ain't stay if you stay, we're liable. We're liable to keep picking. So. Right? Saul's right. That'll be the first time the cops ever show up to a church service. Right? <laughs> you guys keep it down. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. My name is Tiffany Keith. I'm the preaching pastor of Heartstrings, Bluegrass, Worship, and Wild Hearts. Welcome to Give God an Inch, where we open ourselves up to God's nudging. I will read one of my sermons, read, not preach, totally different things. What I write and what comes out on Sunday mornings are not the same. After I read the sermon, we are going to take a little bit of time to reflect on it what I said, why, and maybe what hit the cutting room floor. Oh God, open us up. Open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our hearts that they might be wild. And then, oh God, open our hands that we might serve. Amen. Tell me your favorite scripture without telling me your favorite scripture. I'll go first. I'm going to drop it in the Facebook chats. It's a a door and a person knocking and a meal. I invite you to drop yours in also. So how about this? Tell me you're a disciple without telling me you're a disciple. Tell me you believe in a God that created you in perfect and beautiful and loved And you've responded to that love with a deep commitment to growing in love with the God that created you. Tell me you're a disciple without telling me you're a disciple. If every single day you sat down and read five minutes of scripture, would that shape you more and more into a deeply committed disciple? Would it deepen your relationship with the one that created you, redeemed you, sustained you? If you read scripture for five minutes every single day, would it tell the world that this journey of faith matters to you? Glennon Doyle in her book Untamed talks about starting a new habit in her life. For her, it was 10 minutes a day sitting with herself. As she sits down for 10 minutes of being still, her head starts going. She writes grocery lists, to-do lists, things of the thousand things that she could be doing rather than being in silence. But she was stern with herself as she started this new habit. 10 minutes a day is not too long to spend finding yourself, Glennon. For God's sake, you spend 80 minutes a day finding your keys. As we travel through Lent together, we are together. We are examining these practices that we put in place in our lives day after day that shape us, form us, create us into deeply committed disciples of Christ. 
I'm going to say this again this week because I think it needs to be said every week. These practices are not a way to earn God's love, forgiveness, or a way to heaven. These practices are a response to the God that already loves you. You, right where you are, they are a way to grow, to understand how deep and wide and powerful that love for you already is. They are the tools that help us become people so deeply formed by the love of God, so confident in the love we know that fear is cast out and others that experience a glimpse of God's love through us. And you know, I know, creating new practices in our lives, it is not easy. The start of creating any habit takes intention, work, focus, and a putting into place the building blocks that support the habit. One of the best books I've read on building habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear. The place he starts when he tells us the best way to start a new habit is this. It's simply sit down and write a sentence. During the rest of Lent, I will read at least five minutes of scripture each day and then tell us the time you're going to read it. Is it going to be in the morning? Is it going to be in the night and the place? So during the rest of Lent, I will read at least five minutes of scripture each morning at 7.30 a.m. upstairs, cuddled in an afghan. During Holy Week, decide if you are going to continue the habit. Decide what, if anything, needs to change. Simply writing down the details of your new habit makes it even more likely that the habit will stick. And decide that you are going to spend some time today figuring out what that habit looks like for you. Find the way that you think might work for you. Maybe you wake up, grab your coffee, sit on the couch, wrap up in a warm throw, and grab your phone, open your Bible app for five minutes of reading. Maybe you start at Genesis. Maybe you're drawn to poetry and songs. You start at the new, and so you start at Psalms. Or maybe you start at the New Testament, digging deep into the good news of the life of Christ. Maybe you know, like I know, it cannot be on a phone or computer because Facebook and email and texts are just way too strong of a pull on your attention. So you set an actual physical Bible on your coffee table, just waiting to be picked up in the morning. Maybe you listen to an audio version of the text. Maybe the night before you find a dramatized version of it on YouTube that you can just open up and watch. There are some really cool ones out there. What is it that works for you? Maybe it isn't about how you will read scripture. You already have a well-loved Bible that you know that you will turn to. Maybe instead it's about the habits leading up to reading or after reading that will help you the most. Maybe you write down a prayer. For years, I've started scripture reading with, my, with a very simple prayer. I close my eyes, bow my head, feel the weight of the book in my hands, and simply ask, 
that God read it to me. I'm hoping that I can set my agenda aside, that I can ignore what the world says these words mean, and simply hear what God may have me hear, what God may have me see through the words I read. I pray that God use these words to shine a light on the mystery of the sacred, rather than reducing God to the words. In the Church of the Resurrection sermon for this week's study, the preacher talks about a group of 12 people that read the same scripture every day. And every day they text the group a word or phrase from the reading. It creates a sense of accountability and closeness for the people in the group. I don't know what will work for you. I don't know what habits you need to create to be a person deeply in love with scripture, allowing it to shape and form your life. But I do know that the first step, maybe the most important one, is to sit down soon, tonight if possible, and write down your plan. Of course, the real question is, why does it matter? Years ago, when I had first started attending church here, Kent led a Bible study on the book of Revelation. It's a hard book to understand for those of you with a lifetime of Bible reading under your belt. It was simply bewildering for me. We would read some assigned readings, then come to class to learn more about what we had read. It felt like I was reading a book in a foreign language or like doctorate level philosophy books. I did not have the context to make sense of what I was reading, what it meant, why it mattered. I was so lost. I could not, no matter how hard I tried, put myself into the story. I could not find myself in it at all. It, I was untethered, not rooted to this story, to any sacred story. But really, that was not new to me. I remember growing up, Anytime we gathered with our extended family, those parts of the family still attending church would share these stories. They would laugh, share examples and illustrations from, from their lives grounded in the story of their faith. They would talk about David and Goliath, Adam and Eve, Jesus and the disciples. I remember feeling like everyone in the world knew these stories but me. I was always so frustrated, left out, untethered from the story, sort of lost in these conversations. It's part of why we've decided to invite the kids to the middle of the parking lot to worship with us and what we hope for, for them, desire for them, pray for them, is the exact same reason we are going to strive to read our Bibles five minutes every day. We hope it helps them grow roots in these beautiful stories we hear week after week. We pray that in hearing our story, we might know and in all times turn to the knowledge of God's love for us, that we might be nourished in deeply rooted hope through our story. Leanne Hadley, who was the children's minister, minister here a while back, tells a story of when she was in seminary, getting ready to be a children's minister. One evening, she was at a social gathering. She was talking to guests when she started talking to a man that had been held prisoner in Iran for an extended time. 
He lived day after day, chained to his space so he couldn't wander off. That chain became an anchor to for him. You can imagine something stable, something constant, like prayer beads, something he could count and touch and hold that was there anchoring him, grounding him. And through the time that we was there, he, he associated every single link in that chain to a story. And you know what stories he picked. He grounded himself in the stories he knew from scripture. Listen now for the ancient call to reading God's word. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Another beautiful sermon. You know, when I, when I think about it, obviously there was, as opposed to most of your sermons or my sermons, there was a lot of very practical advice. And I want to come back to that in a little bit. But I have to say the thing that, that, that stood out to me, the thing that, that really kind of made me stop listening for a minute to think about it was the prayer that you said you pray before you read scripture. Uh, Dear God, read it to me. Um, I, that's a, I've never thought of that, and that's a very interesting way of coming to Scripture, and, and it, it assumes some things, right? It assumes that, that we're not in charge of Scripture, that, that we don't control or manipulate Scripture. We don't bend it to fit um, what we want. For us, it, you know, you've heard me say multiple times, to understand something is to stand under it. And, and uh, that's really what you're saying. It seems to me when you say, God, read it to me, you want to stand under the scripture. So I'm just curious if you take, talk a little bit more about why, why that's your prayer and, and what you mean when you pray that. My name is Kent Ingram, and I'm pastor at First United Methodist Church of Colorado Springs and have been for the past 15 years doing my best to preach the word of God. Who are you? I'm Tiffany. The question that's in my head is where I got that from. Like, mm. I wonder where I even got it from. Um, I know that I've always prayed that from, from when I first started church. So I'm assuming that there was something in your leadership or in, in Todd's leadership that really drew me to this understanding that that I wasn't coming to church for a right answer. Mm. I, I mean, that, that I was, I was being invited into a story, but not just into a story outside of me, but a story that I could find myself in. And, and I think there's a part of it for me that was really powerful my inability to understand 
I mean, I, I think being shaped by this story for a lifetime, it, you see the, the intricacies, the, the, you know, the way that the New Testament gives nods back to the Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. but when it's new, this is not a story. It's not sit down and read at the beginning and then make it to the end. And, you know, the plots at the, <laughs> you know, at the, the last paragraph and it's around, I mean, it's an entire story. And it, um, I untethered, I use the word untethered in the sermon a couple of times because that's really what it felt like. Like I had no idea in so if I was going to reach out to something for whatever reason that ended up being God, right? Like God, I need you to read this to me because, you know, every time I read it, I see something new and I don't know what's the thing that I'm, the, you know, sure. so much. Was there ever a time when in preparing for a sermon or for a lesson or a study or whatever, where you, where you felt like God really answered that I mean were were you were you had that aha moment that that moment of understanding that you didn't have until God spoke to you and in and through the text that's the mystery of scripture for me is I guess one of them um absolutely all the time um i i when first started you know if you are not christian and you are looking into the church and this is you know growing up i mean if you're standing totally outside the church and looking at the church what you hear is the earth is six thousand years old and we know that because of the you know the beginning and so when I started reading scripture and I started reading at the beginning in Genesis and I'm like, help me understand, like, if I need to, um, uh, you know, believe that, like, really does this say that the earth is 6,000 years old? And I remember my stepdad at some point had said, you know, well, a day is, you know, is God's day, not like our day. So it's not 6,000. It's however long God, I don't know. Um, so I had that conflict in my mind when I started reading scripture um, and, and really looking at it and trying to understand alone um, with a little bit of internet, right? So. <laughs> I remember reading and, and seeing, you know, that it was two different stories that that the first story, like God's name changes, right? Like, and I think that was the hint to me that, that, oh, this isn't one story. This is two. Um, And in that moment, everything broke open for me. Because in that moment, it occurred to me, I like it was so clear that what the world said the Bible said isn't actually what the Bible says if you sit down and read it. Like, and I think, you know, it just, in that moment, everything was different. And that had to be God working 
Sure. It, it's, it's interesting. And I say this often in classes and in, in other settings that, that part of the problem with scripture is we ask the wrong question. So we get the wrong answer, right? I mean, if, if the question is, how old is the earth? Well, then you're going to track genealogies or whatever. I mean, you, you're going to start with the assumption that somehow the math is what's important. But if you start with the question, what does this story tell us about who God is or who we are, how we relate to one another and God, you, you get a whole different set of answers, right? A whole more powerful experience of that. So I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad your answer is all the time, you know, uh, that, that, that you hear that. I, I think that we, we've talked about this in other settings, maybe on your podcast as well, that the whole Fred Craddock idea that um, the preacher has to have two aha moments. Uh, in order for the congregation to have one aha moment, we have to have the moment where we, where we hear what it is that we want to say, and then we have to have the moment when we understand how we're going to have to say that, uh, so that the people can have one aha moment. But it sounds like, so, so, so from the one, from the one hand, from the preaching side, you know, this this sort of opening yourself up to God and saying, God, speak to me, um, is is you're seeking those aha moments. Um, from the sermon side, you know, part of what you're hoping I think will happen to people is that that not only will they develop a discipline and they will learn stories and they will have a better familiarity with scripture, but that they have their own aha moments, right? That, that, that God speaks to them um, I in those five minutes. I hope so. I mean, in a yeah, in a lot of ways and in a lot of times that feels less so in this sermon series, yeah, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, clearly, because this is like, I know what I'm going to say next week and I, and I don't even know which, you know, what, <laughs> what scripture I'm going to preach on because it's just kind of the nature of paralleling somebody else's series. Yeah. Um, and and I hope there's an aha moment in there where it's like, oh, like there's different ways of reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Like it matters, you know, I, I, so, or maybe it's not an aha moment. Maybe really it is. I, I spend so much time talking about habits, um, just acknowledging if this is practical, like, you know, maybe it's one thing I actually, I've done a lot of reading on is the, you know, the self-help books and, you know, creating habits and creating, you know, that kind of thing. And um, what I know is I can tell you to read scripture for five minutes a day, however much I want, but until you are a person that reads scripture, until you like have claimed that as an identity, you need some structure, some place to help make it. So, so I spent a lot of time on that. Um, And hopefully there's aha moments for people if they start reading scripture five minutes a day yeah you know you you you're a far better counselor than i am <laughs> I'm, I'm a little too directive and and uh, advice advice givey uh, sort of a person but 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 i do think that, that, that there's a reality i think for all of us that that, that change occurs uh, in our lives, sometimes because we change our practices and then our thinking changes. And sometimes it occurs because we change how we think and then what we do changes following that. And so it sounds to me like maybe in this sermon series, or at least for this particular sermon, the invitation is to 
change our practices, to just change what we're doing, whether we feel like it or not, whether we're inspired to do it or not, whether it's fun or not, just to change our practices in hopes that the transformation comes uh, in, in, the, in the changing of the habit uh, rather than in the changing of the thinking. Does that make sense or is that right? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine, can you imagine how different it would be if people were spending time in scripture? Yeah. Like, because it's not, it is not, it is not a shallow book. It is not an easy to read book. It is not, you know, it is not, you know, copy and pasted, you know, memes. <laughs> like yeah. it's complicated and, and deep yeah. and, and beautiful. And, um, and, and I do think that somehow, it, even though it's also, it's so fully intertwined with, um, you know, broken humanity, right? There's, you see brokenness in it. I, that the, the mystery is that God still can work through those words. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that we had talked about, you had talked to me about earlier and in, in sort of thinking about getting the sermon together that, that only made it in the sermon that sort of bits and pieces was the, um, the role community has in hearing and understanding scripture. And I wonder if, if um, now that the sermon's over, if you'd like to say a little bit more about, about that uh, to the people who heard the sermon, is, is it, it, it's more than just you, me, and the Bible, right? I mean, there's 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 a people that have talked about it before us, and and people who talk about it now. You, you did mention about texting the word and different things like that. So, I'm curious: is there is there anything around community and reading the scripture that you think is important to say? I don't know. Are you saying that maybe I should go back and add a <laughs> sentence or two? <laughs> I mean. I, I, um, so I kind of talk about that a little bit, um, when I talk about the book of revelation class, Yeah, yeah. I, I literally kept reading it and I had no idea what I was saying and a little bit around the texting or with friends, but you know, maybe I can, I haven't preached this one yet, so maybe I can go back and add a couple of sentences, but I don't, I, it's not just you know, it, it really is not just God reading to me, right? I, I literally, we need, we need community to understand what it says. I mean, even in the very basics, like we needed other people to translate it into a language that we could read. Absolutely. I, I mean, we need people to understand at all. And those people that are helping us understand, whether it be through translation, whether it be, you know, Sunday school teachers when we were kiddos or, or, you know, pastors on Zoom on Wednesday nights, right? Like, they're not, they're flawed human beings. From the translators to, you know, the, (laughs) from the translators to the original scribes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's been in the hands of people and it's a both and because they're flawed. You know, we've not always been perfect in translating or in transmitting, you know, um, and yet we can't, it's, that's one of the reasons we can't do it alone Yeah, because we know it's, it's, 
you know, we have to discern together and pray together and learn together. So we cannot do it alone. Um, And I hope God's in the midst of it too. Yeah. Well, there's, I wonder what people think. I mean, I wonder if people listen to a sermon that you preach or I preach and assume that we sit in our study with our Bible in our lap and we come up with all these brilliant historical contextual insights and, and, and theological insights. But the truth is, we are <laughs> we, we don't do that. I mean, we, we are accompanied by, by saints all through the process. Maybe it'd be helpful if you want to, to talk a little bit about where, where do you, who do you listen to in the course of a week um, that helps you understand the scripture and helps you understand the Bible better? What resources or people or things do you look to? So when I turn to you, I think, I mean, it's kind of an interesting question and I find it driven by um, the sermon series I'm preaching actually right now. Uh, so the last couple, um, first I would say that seminary does a phenomenal job of grounding you grounding us in the you know some of the basics of what we're looking at so i understand that if i'm preaching from the gospel of mark there's some very clear um storylines and things i need to know that because i'm preaching out of mark and um and there's a lot of or you know same with luke john says different things um and the lectionary, if I'm preaching out of the lectionary, that's driven in a different way. So if I'm preaching out of the lectionary, there is text week, has all sorts of things on there. Um, but so I go to text week a lot when for commentary and that one for sermons too. When I last, uh, last summer, I preached on you know, New Testament gospel stories. And, and it was really funny because we think the stories are, have such a clear ending and a clear beginning, and we don't always know. So we have to turn to commentaries, like, where does the story actually begin? How does it tie into the story before it, after us, after it? Um, and then I, I look towards truth in the world. So you'll, you'll be able to tell me who says this, but whoever says preach with the newspaper in one hand and, and a Bible in another, or. Yeah. It's attributed to Carl Bart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that way I'll turn to, I will, I do turn to like Brene Brown and in her language around, you know, humanity and how we live together helps me, it helps me kind of put that lens on it. Um, or like this week habits, right? It's very, you know, the, the habit, like how to form habits. It's a very, um, you know, self-help book, but it, it helps me in this sermon. Um, the one thing I do that I, that I enjoy more than anything is listening to other sermons. Mm-hmm. I listen to sermons all the time. Um, this week, less than usual, but and intentionally, especially when I was in the new, in the gospel series, um, I will listen to sermons of people I know I disagree with mm-hmm. because it helps me, it helps me think through my thoughts um, and commentaries. So we have feasting, feasting on the word um, mm-hmm. podcasts. And I mean, so many things It's just I mean, if you think you read it once and that's what it says, you should go Google a sermon from like <laughs> from yeah. that text. Cause good gosh, like everything has so many different ways of seeing it. 
Yeah. The disappointing thing for me is, is that I think I have this really clever idea that nobody else has ever thought of. And if you Google it, it's never true. Somebody has always thought of it before I have. You know, it, even the most creative things I can come up with. So it's all it's all been thought. But but again, I think I think that what we're trying to say is is that we don't we don't read or understand or hear scripture in a vacuum, and we we do it in the context of community. Now, it can be in a Bible study where we're sharing it, or it can be through commentaries and you know online sermons and things like that. But well, it's just it's just too big. There's just too much there for one person sitting by themselves to get their mind around the whole thing. I think it's a, it's a rich, deep, thick, complex story and, and um, mm-hmm. we can't do it alone. So. It's like God decided, like, it's like God knew how to invite us into community, huh? Yeah, there you go. Um, so I want to, I want to go back to the thing I mentioned just very, very beginning, and that is the very practical nature of this sermon. Um, I, I think it would be safe to say, uh, you get to edit this, so maybe you, you cut this out. I think it's safe to say that I am probably more disciplined of a person than you are, or at least more um, prone to routines. Is that, that, is that fair to say? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> Okay. I, 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 I will do something the same way every time for a year, year and a half, sometimes five years, six years. And then one day I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, when did I stop doing that? And I have a feeling you don't just suddenly stop doing things in your life and not even notice. No, you're probably right. No, I, I've pretty much had the same schedule for 35 years. You know, I mean, I, I do, I do what I do in the order that I do it uh, for, for, for reasons that work for me. Um, and yet, this is a sermon that's inviting people into a rhythm, a pattern. I mean, it wasn't just read your Bible five minutes a day, right? It was tell me when you're going to do it, <laughs> tell me where you're going to do it, um, and you might even push them a little bit to tell me how you're going to do it. Are you going to do it with a book? Are you going to do it with a phone? You know. So, um, I'm curious, um, how you doing on this? On the <laughs> Bible five minutes a day. Um, because I'm not, I mean, I will first need to say, because I'm not naturally a routines people, I have person, I really had to learn how to build that into my life because I, I need that anchor. Um, yeah. And it's not naturally part of who I am. Um, and on the other hand, this one in particular, I think is, um, is not something I need to be as, I mean, it's already kind of something I do. Yeah. Now for me, it's the same scripture for an hour every day yeah, for a week, um, which is a, is in some ways a different sort of reading, but I mean, you don't, you don't write a sermon and think the scripture is in a vacuum, right? Like I know when I'm writing out the Psalms that there's other Psalms, that that there's a whole hymnal that I'm taking three verses out of, you know, I I mean, so it brings you to, you know, it's what kind of, I just, I read scripture. I guess the question would be for me out of this sermon in particular is that is is should I build a place into my life where I'm reading scripture differently yeah. because it really is 
five minutes a day is easy, right? That is something I already do. Yeah, you know, I, I've struggled with that. Again, I'm, all, I'm very disciplined in terms of routine and structure, but I'm also um, sort of task oriented. You know, I, I do things for a reason to get, to get things done. And so I do spend a lot of time with scripture, but I rarely spend time with scripture apart from some function. So if I, you know, I'm, I'm reading it to write a sermon, I'm reading it to prepare a Bible study or a devotion or whatever it might be. And, and that, that always feels a little bit like I'm cheating, you know, like I'm, I'm being paid to read the scripture because I have this job to do. And, and, and I, I've often carried some guilt and, and I go through periods where I'll do more devotionally, uh, read more devotionally. I'll, I'll do stuff that's not connected to things. But what happens is I get anxious about getting the sermon done. I get anxious about getting the, the, the Bible study read or whatever it might be. And those are the kind of things that get lost. And um, so that just by way of confession, I mean, I, I read scripture a lot every week, um, but, I, but I, I think I do it more professionally <laughs> than I do devotionally. And uh, maybe I'll take your uh, sermon to heart and try to find five minutes a day in a time and place where, um, where, I, where I read it just to listen to it. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you, when you're preparing classes and sermons and stuff, I mean, don't you feel like woven throughout it is a deeply devotional sort of relationship to God happening? I, I, I mean, it's not just textbook study, right? No, you're right. And it's done, you know, like, like you said, you begin you begin by praying, Lord, read this to me, or God, read this to me. I mean, I, I do, I pray you know, I just pray that, you know, God will work and guide me through this. So, so it is not done in a purely academic setting. And you're right. I mean, there, there is, there is this kind of um, spirituality that, that, that marks that. I often joke, I, you know, I, 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 you've heard me say that I'm religious and not spiritual. And I, I, I pray by taking notes, you know, that there, there's a part of me that's just, that, that doesn't do the contemplative stuff very well. And, and, I, and I say that half jokingly, but, but, but also a little with a little bit of um, uh, deep confession. I, I think, I think and maybe I would be a better preacher, a better scholar if, if I spent more time um, devotionally, you know, wait, wasting time with scripture, wasting time in prayer. That might, might make me go deeper than I'm able to go professionally wasting time with wasting time with it i for me i I, and this is part of like why i struggle through sermons every week they get so complicated there's a thousand things i need to say because i I spend a lot of time in the beginning really just like wait what it like that's new and that's new and that's new and that's new oh no all the things yeah yeah (laughs) Almost always early in the week when we have a conversation around our sermons, my advice to you is um, cut it down. <laughs> you know, they're all great ideas. You can't preach on all of them. You know, you got you to gotta find one or two that are going to work. Um, 
That's hard sometimes. Clean it up. Yeah, clean it up. So I have a question for you. For you. Okay. Um, so I changed. So the Leanne Hadley story at the end. Yes. I, I changed the ending of the story. And in fact, I take out one of like the point, which was extremely powerful for Leanne. Um, because it didn't feel like it was the message that I was, that I was telling. So I sure. changed the end of that story yep. and did, is that okay? Or do you think I should add it back in? Uh, well, I, I, I think, I think you did exactly what you wanted to do. And that is you made that story fit where you wanted the sermon to go. And I, you know, I, I've got, I've got probably 20 or 30 stories that I can tell that are really good stories and I can make them mean a variety of things depending on how I set them up. And, and if I say anything afterwards, yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you just have to let the power of the story work, but I, I don't think you need to add it back in unless you want to change the direction that you want your sermon to go. But, but you're right. You left out for her, what was the punchline of the story? Um, but but you know you're just you took your evangelist license and you you took her story and made it your story you know made it fit. I mean it's what it's what it's what the gospel writers do right they take these stories and make it fit their trajectory or their theme or whatever they want to do so you're in good company yeah <laughs> okay I mean and just the more I thought about it the more I mean it, it's a good good punchline it just didn't fit and it fit it can make it fit but not as powerfully as just just the fact that you know that you know what i want to say is when we when we turn to scripture day after day after day they become those links that you know that anchor us so those things in life that that may be holding us down or causing us pain scripture can transform them yeah yeah they, they can i i remember fred craddock tell about getting a call from a lady in the hospital and you know she was having serious surgery and was really in a bad shape i mean well, bad way she was anxious and fearful and crying and upset and he said he he walked into her room he didn't really know her she had just called him and he walked into a room and they're on the little tray table above her bed were magazines like people and cosmo and he said there was, his phrase was there wasn't a calorie among them there, hmm. there, was, there was nothing there to provide her any kind of support or help or you know and it was no wonder that when she came to this time in her life uh where she needed some deep resources she didn't have any. She, she she didn't have the habits and practices uh, of the stories to um, prepare her for those kind of moments. So that's that's another reason why you invite people to create a discipline, right? Yeah, that's cool. So, what do you think? What do you think would be a perfect response to this sermon? And what's well, your response? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I said, I, you know, I think you've inspired me, and maybe, maybe I will try. For me, what 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 I need to do is pick a time when I know I won't be anxious. So maybe, 
you know, right before lunch is, is a time, a lot of times when I stop doing work, work, and I'm kind of just catching up and kind of get my mind ready for the afternoon. Maybe that'll be a good time for me to take my Bible uh, and just put it in my lap, in my chair and read for five minutes. Maybe. So, so that would be. Where would uh, you start? You know, I, I, was thinking about that. I, I think, I, I think what I, what I might do is, is, is just pick an epistle like Ephesians or Galatians. Mm. I've not been playing with those much recently and I've been preaching Old Testament gospel and, and I, I love the theology of the epistles. So I would probably take an epistle, maybe Romans, something big like that and just read for five minutes. Um, mm. So I think I think on, on the one hand, you know, at the very practical level, wouldn't that be the perfect response? If all the people who listen to you said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to find five minutes or add five minutes to what they're already doing. Um, then I think the deeper response would be that, that they not simply do that, that they not simply just, okay, check. I read five minutes, but that, that but they read five minutes in such a way that they're open to and experience the presence of God, the spirit of God working through them. What, what do you hope happens? What's your best outcome? I hope people, I hope people turn to scripture and I hope they do that every day. And I hope they do that with the understanding, with a new understanding or a deeper understanding that, um, that it's God works through the words that God is not the words like, and I think reading scripture allows it to do that. Yeah. Dear God, read it to me. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So I think you should introduce yourself to us. My name is Kent Ingram, and I'm pastor at First United Methodist Church of Colorado Springs and have been for the past 15 years doing my best to preach the word of God. Who are you? I'm Tiffany. And I think we should send it back to the band. Let's listen to the band. Wait, you should say that's a wrap because <laughs> you don't get to say that anymore. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>